you are now ready for a new episode of Minions and Musings. Evil Jeff, back behind the mic. Welcome in to the new year, 2024. Been just a quick moment because, you know, this year gets busy at times. <laughs> I found myself with a lot of other little things that had to be done and uh, just no time really for podcasting, being able to sit down and actually do it, which is uh, uh, unfortunate. I hate when that happens, but it is what it is. So we are back behind the mic and going to town here. What are we doing? Well, I said last year that I would talk about the game of that I'm playing over there with uh, Che Webster in his world that we are creating, Felmir. And Daniel Norton had said, hey, you know, I'm interested in hearing how you came up with some of that stuff. And to talk with Che, and Che's, oh, very happy for me to talk about it. So, why not? Let's spend some time uh, going through my process of world building. And while there's no one-size-fits-all, maybe some things I say here will resonate with people. Get an idea of what you can do, especially in a collaborative environment. Uh, maybe you as a game master want to seed something over to somebody else. I hearken it back to our conversations about backgrounds. And we've already had the discussion here. And while I don't mind backgrounds, I don't want extensive backgrounds. But when we're talking about world building, all of a sudden we are building a really big background and for people to come together to embrace that I think takes a lot of conversation a lot of understanding and maybe with the personalities of the people going you know what hey I want you to create this and I'll come back in and maybe veto things that don't work or I need to be able to change things for it to work in the world as I envision it. And that's, I think that really takes a lot of give and take on all parties that are part of it. Again, here I am just being, you know, psychoanalyzing things or something. But I think we all understand where we're coming from in that aspect. So over the next couple podcasts, I'm going to kind of go through how... I went about creating content for Che's game. And the decisions, you know, things that were said, decisions that were made, and how that came about. So hopefully this is something that everybody will enjoy. So I guess what we have to start off with is the basic background that got us to the point of creating content. And this is back in December, November, <laughs> uh, where Che said, hey, he wanted to play something 
different. You want to you know, create a world. And this was uh, kind of starting up with the world for the kids at the D&D uh, &D club at school. And he already had that map. So he was kind of working on that. And we decided uh, that we would play a fantasy game. And let's just keep it simple. So we decided that we would do the Beck Me rule set because that's what he was most accustomed to. So this is what we started off with. Um, I was the only player available, so we're rolling up characters, and I rolled up, you know, two sets, of, one set of numbers, two set of numbers. I don't remember. I think it's just one set of numbers, and was able to pull together an elf. Now, as we were having a conversation, Che had already said that elves were supposed to be rare in the world. Okay. And I wanted to keep it that way because I think the demi-humans should be less commonplace than what we see them in a lot of other games or a lot of other scenarios or worlds that are out there. So... Okay, let, let's let's go with that. That being said, I was like, you know what? I still will play an elf here because I had rolled rather well. And it'd be something different to play. I don't normally play an elf, but this would be something to do. And I say that statement out loud, and then immediately my head goes, no, you have played an elf in other things before. But I don't think it was with Che, so you know, maybe it didn't count. <laughs> so we wanted to make this rare. And you know, why why was this elf going out there? Well, Cherry had a map. So what he had uh, on this map was an area called the Spirit Woods, which was north of the town of Stone Harrow. I believe that's the right name. And I'm come wandering in there uh, looking for adventure. Well, not adventure. In my head, he was already a vanguard. So he has left home. He's heading out, visiting humans, and that is where the question, why, comes into place. Why is he seeing these humans? What is his purpose here? So, you know, go through the motivation. What motivation do I want to have? And I quickly struck upon the idea that if these elves are rare, maybe these elves have been basically isolated. Isolating themselves on purpose. Okay, so now that I know they're isolated on purpose, maybe his reason for being out there, his motivation, is that he is learning about the world that's out there. There's some reason these elves need to learn. Okay, so that's the basic premise that I start with. Elves are isolated, and... They're learning about the world that's out there now. So, 
why are we learning about the world now? Because as we all come up from the age of Tolkien and things like that, that these elves live for hundreds or maybe thousands of years with these long lifespans that they see things differently and that they remember things. So what was it about these elves that made them isolate? And that's where I started my world-building thoughts. And in that first section, if I misspoke about anything, I apologize. Uh, it's the way I remember the events in my head. And some of the words I might use here uh, may not capture the entire nuance of the situation as it was. So there is that. Uh, I'm just recollecting to the best I can at this point and getting to the basic part of where I started to really start collaborating. So there is that. So we've got a character, elven character. He's out there learning about the world because the elves are isolated. So why are they isolated? The second thing that came to mind was that these elves have been isolated for a long time because we already say that elves live for hundreds of years or more. Now, since we were playing uh, ba basically Beckme D&D, that the basic Dungeons and Dragons, eh, we shouldn't even say basic Dungeons and Dragons, we just say Dungeons and Dragons. Because there's a Dungeons and Dragons and advanced Dungeons and Dragons. So, throw out the basic stuff. But the Beckme rule set, and it's already shown in there that elves live for, you know, in the area of 800 years for their lifetime. But again, this is a shared world and creating a vision of it. Maybe these elves do live longer or maybe they live shorter. We haven't decided that yet. So if the elves are living for a time, then I needed to go through and decide why what event had happened in the past that said, okay, elves are isolating? Well, that begs the question, what is the elven timeline? Which then begs the question, what does the calendar look like? How do we know how many hundreds or thousands of years have been here? All of a sudden, I've got this, if you give a mouse a cookie moment here, going on. So, I needed to decide that. If I was going to come up with part of the world that created with Che, then I needed to come up with a timeline in there. Now, when I asked about the timeline and creating a calendar... Che had also mentioned at some point for creating a calendar for the humans as well. I'm like, okay, well, that, that can be done. I mean, it's not a super hard thing to do.
So I immediately decided that I needed to get my head around the timeline. So elves live for a long time. We're going to go with sort of that Tolkien sort of vibe here, uh, mainly because I know Che likes Tolkien, and you know we can borrow liberally from it. So let's say Tol let's say these elves have been around for long, long time. So I went through and actually started writing down some different ages. Now, for me, this is just a way for us to say, hey, the age is over however many hundreds or thousands of years, just depending upon, you know, which way you want to look at it. And by being vague about it, I was going to allow... You know, actually, not I was going to allow. This allows Che a way of putting that into his world as he already envisions it. So, while this is not the be-all, end-all of the timeline, I think things will change. This is a good starting point for us to go through. So... We start off with elves first coming into Felmir. So I titled that the Age of Dawn. You know, this is when these elves are the mythological elves. Are these the gods of the elves there? Yes or no? We kind of had to work our way with it. After that, we now come to a point where elves are expanding. Uh, decided to sort of, you know, keep a, a theme of uh, nature to a degree here. So we titled the next one, The Age of Verdant Light. And the elven people are multiplying and they're dispersing across Felmir. They first start encountering other humanoids at that point. Well, let's have some conflict in here as well. And uh, we come up with what I call the Age of Anguish, or some of the other elf uh, communities may call it the Age of Blood. And the only note I wrote down here was that here we finally start having some conflicts with dwarves and orcs, or Uruk is what we're going to be calling them. And these conflicts reduce the elven population down to a very small number. Now, this is not where they uh, totally die off. This is not where they start are losing things. They do grow again because now I have the Age of Ardent Renewal, where the population grows again. And this is where I said the Great Elven Cities are founded. So, grow, major decline, grow again. That still didn't answer my thought of why were the elves that my character was from, why they were isolated. The isolation, I decided, was because somebody caused it. Some faction, some king, some creature, so, we have that. Now, I need to pause here 
and kind of fill in a little bit because as I was doing this Elven History Timeline, we had already played the first part of the the first session, I should say, of the Felmere game, just to show myself, uh, kind of getting into it, enjoying it, where my Elven character and the son of the local lord went underneath St. Gregory's Church, I believe that's the name of it, and encountered in the crypt area some ghouls. Okie dokie. So we encountered these ghouls. Uh, we were able to defeat them. Uh, unfortunately for uh, the human, he, uh, he took one out, but he also got paralyzed at the same time. Being an elf, I was not... I was immune to the paralysis. I was taking one out. And after two of them were taken out, the ghouls kind of like, eh, okay, we're going to leave. And they left. Which allowed me the opportunity to get the heck out of Dodge. Um, because that was just not going to work out too well if I kept at it. So, removed ourselves to the stairway, uh, locked the door, and recovered. Waited for him to come out of that. Before I drug the paralyzed human back upstairs, I looked down in the hole that was created. Because I was under understanding that this church had a catacomb and it was, you know, so it was dug underground. So, what's going on here? Well, lo and behold, when I look down, you can see there's another structure. And that structure is older than a human stuff. And from my character's viewpoint, it's older than anything that he had seen or even knows about. Telling me that there's something older than the elves in that area, older than them. So now I've got it. A little bit later on, we move it on and we uh, go down into the crypt area. Uh, during our searching and everything into this new area, we come upon these tapestries. Uh, one of the set of tapestries shows elves, humans, and dwarves uh, at war, but they're kind of looking aghast. And on the opposite side is a tapestry showing from what my character is able to remember from his lore was this necromancer from an early age. Now how old that is, we're not saying. We don't really know. Only Che knows. But then all of a sudden I'm thinking, okay, wait a minute. Maybe this is what caused that splintering. Possibly. So I went through. And finished up with my ages. I said that what caused the Spiritwood Elves to leave was some incident. And in this one, what I decided to write down was a king caused a war with the dwarves. Yeah, let's get that anonymity in there. But it also could be something that was related to this necromancer as well. 
the age of deceit is where this king causing that, causing splintering, could be under the influence of the necromancer. Who knows, but whatever. This is where the different types of elves that may inhabit this world move. And the different wood elves move to different forested areas or retreated back to their own spot and everything. And we decided that my character, they pecked up and moved to a brand new place. Inhabiting this area north of Stone Harrow, known as the Spirit Woods. After they relocate there, I give it two different time zones, or two, two different ages. Uh, the first age, um, age of twilight fostering, and then another age, the age of moonlit flowering. So that begs the question now, how long have the spirit wood elves been in the spirit woods? Okay. So that question will be answered next podcast. <laughs> Gotta leave you wanting a little bit more. So there you go. There's a sort of that thought of how I went about creating that and just thinking through it. To me, creating this timeline allow me to pencil in a few things of which as Chase said may or may not be true outside of the spiritwood elves the years that they know the ages that they know anything before that is basically just what's handed down to them what's talked about but as we can kind of assume, who's giving us that information? Well, whoever's giving it to us, maybe they've edited the information. Maybe we don't know what is true. That whole thing of history is written by the victors. Well, you know, when people relocate, maybe they rewrite history. And what's taught may not be the entire truth. There is that. So next time, let's talk a little bit more about the calendar, but what I had to go through to then get a grasp on the calendar itself. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.